You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. tragedy, the height of injustice, because he, a man of God, motivated by the love of God, told these wretched people the truth in order to save their soul from eternal damnation. And by the way, I call them wretched, but if you haven't realized how wretched you are, you haven't looked in the mirror very carefully. Just imagine the people crying over John's death and they bury him. But that's the only place there's grief. John the Baptist, what an amazing servant of God. He didn't profit in any earthly way from his commitment to preaching the message God gave him to share. His spiritual blessings, however, are immeasurable. He got to be the one who introduced and baptized the Savior of all mankind. As Pastor Danny will challenge us in today's message, as believers today, we're commissioned to continue the mission that John was so devoted to. We bring a message of life through surrender and repentance. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Mark chapter six, as he begins his message, a message of repentance. Mark chapter 6, the middle of verse 6 is where we left off. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two and gave authority to them over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belt. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. The idea is you're going out by faith. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. That was just kind of a common thing they would do, and especially in that culture. Not that it's wrong to do it now, but it was kind of like, okay, you won't receive it. Here's the dust. We're leaving you in the dust. They went out and preached that people should repent. That was their message. It means to turn. Literally, it's turning from the way you're going and turn to God. That's what repentance is. That's what it means. That's what they preached. They drove out many demons. They anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Now, just a a quick word on that verse. It's my strong conviction based on Scripture that this was not only a special time in history, there was a special anointing on these guys. I'm not saying at all that we don't have power over evil spirits and that men and women today in the church don't have special anointing. I'm not saying that at all, but this was a special time and uh, they were going out and they were to, by the miracles they performed, authenticate the message about Jesus. And we're told that in the new Testament. 
And, and of course, when you think about guys like the Apostle Paul, who would come along in the extraordinary anointing, because he did extraordinary miracles. That's what we read. And yet, he had a physical infirmity that was in the will of God that God chose not to heal. Uh, his own right-hand guy, Timothy, had oft infirmities that God did not heal. And so when you put all those scriptures together, there was a special anointing, and, and it was a healing ministry and a miracle ministry, but it was authenticating the message. And some of these very guys that were used in those ministries suffered themselves with physical things that in the will of God, they weren't healed in this life. Well, these guys are going out and they're preaching repentance and miracles are happening. And verse 14, King Herod heard about this for Jesus, name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That's why miraculous powers are at work in him. And they're talking about Jesus. And some are saying he's John the Baptist risen from the dead. That's why all the miracles are happening. Well, what's ironic, especially about that and them thinking it's John the Baptist, is John the Baptist never performed a miracle. That's what the New Testament tells us. He never performed a miracle. Everything he said about Jesus, it says, was true, but he never performed a miraculous sign. And yet, he was conceived in the power of the Holy Spirit, and his conception was on his life. And he came in the power and the spirit of Elijah, who did amazing miracles. So it's not always the miracle as the manifestation of the power. Sometimes it's just the message. What was John's message? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Others said, he's Elijah. Still others claim he's a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. He's not Elijah, not John the Baptist risen from the dead. He's one of the other prophets. But Herod, when Herod heard this, he said, John, the man I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. He's convinced it is John the Baptist who he had beheaded. And you know why he's concerned. I mean, here he is. All, he's hearing about all these miraculous things happening, his power. And he's thinking, he's coming after me. And then we're taken back in time to the situation where John was beheaded at Herod's command. Verse 17, for Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested. And he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod. Now, notice, stop there just a minute. John had been saying to Herod. It's more than one encounter. It's more than one conversation. It's more than one confrontation. John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Pause there. It is not lawful. Now we got to think about that. Because what John's confronting Herod with is not his violation of the law of the land. Herod's not violating any law 
governmental law. There was no law against him having this adulterous relationship with his brother Philip's wife, whom he stole. And even though he's married her, it's a sinful relationship. He took another man's wife. And John says it's not lawful for you to have her. But he's not talking about the governmental laws. He's talking about God's law. In the Thessalonian church, some false teachers were purporting that the day of the Lord had already taken place. And, and the church, many of them had become unsettled. <laughs> and there were some actually letters written supposedly from the Apostle Paul or one of his ministry associates saying that the day of the Lord had already come. You missed the rapture. And 2 Thessalonians opens by Paul saying, uh, don't be easily unsettled about some report or letter supposedly have come from us saying that the day of the Lord has already come. And then he reminds them of the truth he's taught them. That day will not, cannot come until the rebellion occurs and the man of, listen to this, the man of lawlessness is revealed. And that's one description there of several descriptions for the Antichrist. And he's called there the man of lawlessness. Why? Because he does whatever he wants. And he certainly doesn't care about God's law. Because ultimately he's going to proclaim himself to be God. And because he's God, he's I can do anything I want. I'm God. But he's called there the man of lawlessness. That's interesting because another scripture says simply this, that sin is lawlessness. Folks, reminder, that's why in our own country, our own leaders, many of them, enough of them that they've agreed that it's unlawful to have God's laws in public places. Why don't they want that? Well, it might be because, hey, maybe there's some of those laws they really don't want to hear, want to hear on a regular basis. Especially the one, thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not lie in Washington. That's what God says. Thou shalt not lie. They don't want those. Thou shalt not commit adultery. They don't want to hear that. Why? Because that's God's law. And we don't want to be restricted by God's law. I want to do what I want to do. And if lying serves my purpose, I'm going to lie. And if I want to sleep with her, hey, who are you to tell me who I can sleep with and who I can't? It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. But he's not talking about the governmental law. He's talking about, not talking about the laws of the land. He's talking about God's law. You violated God's law. So Herodias, this woman he's with, nursed a grudge against John. And wanted to kill him. That's a grudge. But she was not able to. Now, I have to read in that verse, and I think it's implied there, that she's, she's on some occasions trying to talk her now partner, Herod, into getting rid of this voice that's, that's saying that they're violating God's law. 
She was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. So she can't get what she wants from her king. And this is interesting. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. He liked to listen to him. Now pause there again for just a minute. Because what we know about John is enough to get an image of what kind of guy he is. Now, I'm going to do a little speculation. It's not going to violate the scriptures, but, you know, it's okay to, to think because we know enough about him to go, he was different. I mean, he was just very different. John the Baptist, I imagine, it doesn't tell us, but he comes in the power and spirit of Elijah, and his clothing is, is camel's hair. Nobody, that's not the fashion of the day, folks. He's wearing camel's hair. I mean, he's got his hairy camel coat, you know. He's got a leather belt. And it doesn't tell us the dimensions, but I picture it as this thick, wide leather belt. I, I picture him as a, a gruff kind of, I don't think he looked like me. Thank the Lord. He's thankful. You know, but I, I think he was bigger. I think he was, you know, I don't know for sure, but he, he just seems to me he was a very imposing kind of a figure. That's why people would come out to listen to him. And he had, didn't have a deep theological background in terms of, I mean, his message. His message, what was it? Repent. But the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message. So you got to hear this guy. He doesn't have a lot to say, but what he says, man, oh, whoa. And you got to see him. You just got to see him. I, I envision John the Baptist as the original hippie, but he was a biker hippie. I think if he came today, he's wearing black leather. He's got the black boots, you know. He's got the chain hooked to his wallet, uh, hooked to his, hood to his belt. You know, and he's riding the nicest Harley, man. He comes into town and he gets off of that thing. And when he stands up, people, I mean, before he even speaks, they go, whoa. And the crowd starts to gather. And then he starts to speak. I think he had a deep voice. I don't know that, but hey, I'm speaking for the Lord. The Lord has sent me. And he quotes, he quotes scripture. He quotes Isaiah 40 verse four. I'll give it to you in a minute. But here he is. Here he comes. And, and Herod, Herod. When he heard John, he was greatly puzzled. He's like, I, I can't figure this guy out, but man, man, he, he's, it's a show. He liked to listen to him. But Herodias can't get her husband to get rid of him. She hates him. She wants him dead. She don't want to hear his voice anymore. How many times he, she had heard him, we don't know. But he had been saying to Herod and to Herodias too. I mean, there's the, there's the deal. She had to hear it too. No, not your relationship is sinful. It's a sinful relationship. But finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a great banquet for his high officials and military commanders. So he has his own birthday party, invites everybody. The leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod. And his dinner guests. Pause there just a minute. It's a pagan party. It's really no speculation. You, you read the history. You really read the history. In this pagan party, Herod's birthday, which he puts on for himself, the drinks, it is an open bar. No doubt. And nobody, I mean, it's not, well, I got I to limit it. You know, you're kicking it back, but. And Herod's kicking it back as much as anybody. He got his woman. He got the woman he wanted. Stole it. Stole her from his brother. 
It's his birthday. He got, man, he got the woman he's wanted, you know, and it's his party. It's his birthday. And I'm telling you what, this is a pagan party. In the days before I knew Christ, I would have wanted to be at this party. It's a pagan party. And this girl, this daughter of Herodias, she danced. Usually the entertainment wasn't the first thing you got. You know how that works, right? You get the meal. You get the meal, you got the drinks, and after the meal, you keep the drinks. You keep going with the drinks. You know, you're done with the meal, but man, you're having dessert the rest of the night until you're feeling good. And when the entertainment time comes on, you already, you already, you already, you already feeling good. And I know I'm, I'm speculating a little, but it's really not speculation because this was a pagan party, and you have to believe this is this is the way it was. And I think Herod's feeling pretty good. And then Herodias, Herodias' daughter comes in and dances. Now, I don't think it's wrong to suggest either that if it happened today, in our culture, this daughter, this is not the first time she's danced publicly. Can't be. Because she's good. She pleases Herod. She pleases all the guests. If it was happening today, she's at least got a part-time job at Mons Venus or somewhere. One of the ones that pays really good. She's good. And you know she's good because look what happens. The daughter of Herodias came in and danced. She pleased Herod and his dinner guest. And the king said to the girl, and I think he's a little tipsy at this point. Again, I know I'm speculating, but it's a pagan party. Ask me for anything you want. Ask me anything you want. Man, that was good. (laughs) And I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath. Whatever you ask, I'll give you. Up to half my kingdom. The guy has kicked back one too many. (laughs) Now he's saying, just just because this girl danced and pleased him and everybody else. Hey, I'll give you anything you want. Up to half my kingdom. Well, he said it publicly. He's on the line now. You imagine? What a blank check. This is the king. You could ask for diamonds, rubies, endless gift card to Forever 21, (laughs) or whatever your shop of choice would be. Trip around the world. What a blank check. I don't know how how old this girl is, but she and her mother, they're close, which tells me, why she danced so good. The apple don't fall far from the tree. Her mother's a pagan in an adulterous relationship. And it looks like her daughter is headed down the same road. And so she goes to mom and she says, what shall I ask for? Sweetie, ask for the head of John the Baptist. And once the girl hurried into the king with a request, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed. It's a strong Greek word. He gulped. Well, because of his oaths and his dinner guest, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison, brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. Did I, did I tell you this is a pagan party? This is more pagan than you and I have been to. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body. 
and laid it in a tomb. And you better know there were some tears shed in the church at John's death. Tragedy. The height of injustice. Because he, a man of God, motivated by the love of God, told these wretched people the truth in order to save their soul from eternal damnation. And by the way, I call them wretched, but if you haven't realized how wretched you are, you haven't looked in the mirror very carefully. And you just imagine the people crying over John's death and they bury him, but that's the only place there's grief. The party went on. It wasn't Herod's last party. <laughs> Matter of fact, there's one person at that party, and the party all of a sudden got more exciting than ever. Because finally, Herodias got what she wanted. She didn't have to hear John's voice anymore. She didn't have to be confronted anymore by his relentless preaching. <laughs> but she had violated God's law. <laughs> and she's living in sin. She didn't have to hear him anymore. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Did his voice echo in her sleep? Did she have nightmares? I don't know. We aren't told. I don't know. Did it happen for a while and then she just go on with her life and, and finally she became so callous that even though God's still trying to speak to her, she's insensitive? I don't know. But here's the truth. We're talking about real people here. This is not fictional stuff we're reading about. This is historical stuff. This is a real person who lived, one of the Herods, who really did steal his brother's wife, who really did throw this party, and there were people at the party. We don't have the names. We don't know who they were, his military officials. It was a big party. And everybody, listen carefully, listen carefully, everybody at that party in that day that never heeded the message of repentance and who did not put their faith in Jesus Christ, who everybody knew about now. Let me read again. Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. You know Jesus' name. You know that he came and that he died and that he was buried and that he rose again. You know the message. You, you got it. Some of us have heard it time and time and time and time and time and time and time again. And everybody at that party is now dead. And everyone at that party that never repented in this life and received Christ as Lord and Savior is right now in a place called hell. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it's such a shame in the church of Jesus Christ. You don't hear about hell much anymore, but I'm telling you right now, hell's a real place. If you don't believe in hell, you got a problem because Jesus believed in hell. He talked more about hell when he came and recorded scripture than he did about heaven. And he says, it's down, it's down right now. There's a place called hell, down, down, somewhere in the heart of the earth. And every person that's ever died without putting their faith in the Savior, looking forward to the coming Savior, or looking back at the Savior who's already come, everybody who's not there put their faith in that Savior is right now in hell. If Herod never repented, he's in hell right now. Herodias is in hell right now. Her daughter is in hell right now. And listen, there is no escape from hell. There is no purgatory. No saint is going to pray you out of there. There is no in-between. You're there. It's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. That's it. 
And that's the truth. That's the truth. Believe the truth or don't believe the truth, but that's the truth. Hell's a real place. Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today as he walks us through the book of Mark. This New Testament gospel book conveys a fast-paced progression of events that occurred during Jesus' ministry. It's almost as if the writer intended to communicate that Jesus was continually forward-thinking toward the cross and his mission and purpose here on earth. In Mark 10.45, it says, Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the ultimate summary of the book of Mark. Jesus came humbly as a servant to reach the lost. Are you feeling lost today? Or have you been found and are following Jesus fully now? No matter what your answer is, we'd love to hear from you. Our email address is info at ccfstpete.church. Let us know how you heard about the living word and how we can be praying for you. That address again is info at ccfstpete.church. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, come join us and hear from Pastor Danny at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We're holding services each Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. You'll find all the information you need on our website, ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that you'll join us again for our next edition, right here on The Living Word.